Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Sanguine Making It podcast episode four. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Marita. It's very nice to see you again. We're not sitting together today, but that's okay. Still nice getting together and talking about sustainability today. Looking at our bio right now that reads sustainable business attire for the modern woman. And we're here today to dive a little deeper into what the sustainable business um, aspect means to us and yeah, building a sustainable brand, what that really means. This is my favorite topic, so I'm very, very happy. Why don't you take us away? So what does sustainability mean to us at Sanguine? What does sustainability mean? Um, To us, sustainability kind of means a lot, right? And I think it's also a bit of a dynamic term which I think is quite important because the more you work with it and the more you learn the better you can be but in general we follow kind of a the triple bottom line which is an academic framework for sustainability that includes economic social and environmental impacts so instead of just looking at uh, for example the raw materials right that we use or however we impact the environment to us sustainability also incorporates incorporates uh, social implication and social impacts um, and it also includes economic aspects right profitability um, how to make sure that the entire supply chain is sustainable and in that sense everyone every partner in the supply chain makes enough money in order to sustain themselves so those three guiding pillars are our framework for how we define and how we try to be better and do better in this fashion industry. Yeah. And maybe also with that little intro, like maybe let's also super quick, take it a bit personal. Like why is it important to you? Why did we decide to do a sustainable fashion brand or why is sustainability important to you? Why is it important to me? I feel like, I mean, obviously, besides the obvious factors that you just mentioned, right? I do think, and that was something that we discussed right from the beginning. I feel like from honestly minute one, when we decided to build Sanguine, it was always not even a question um, that that would be a way we look at into a business, right? And also from coming from our business <laughs> background and more of like an academic background, it was that we, um yeah you know also always looked at what does it mean how can businesses be sustainable in terms of how they operate and stuff like that and I think personally on top of that I always um thought it to be so crucial to if we want to basically essentially if we want to live in a world um as we know it we need to do something differently right and I want to be able to say that we did change something that we did have an impact on how we view whether that's an industry as a general term or how we view consumption as well and really contributing to something and making it essentially a better place. It really comes from that motivation to see that we as businesses, we as people, in this case, in both both scenarios apply, can make a change and we need to make a change to really. So it sounds maybe a bit idealistic, but I think it needs to be. And I really believe in that too. Yeah. How about you? 
Uh, I mean the same, right? I feel like all, I don't know. Our egos always want to have a little bit of a positive impact on the world, right? So I think it's also uh, that notion, obviously, for the both of us or for many people, I think, in our generation that we try to do something meaningful. But maybe also, in addition to that, from my previous work experience, I've worked um, quite in depth with economic development. I also studied um, economics and development economics specifically and working, for example, in India with economic development. And we went into the slums and I worked a lot with social enterprises and their impact that they're having, um, especially with women, especially with rural people. So I worked on a couple of cool projects um, over in India. Similarly, in Mexico, I also worked with like some social enterprises and exporting so it was always like from that perspective, I feel like next to my studies where that was very ideological in terms of politics and economics, right? I always found it very fascinating what like on the day to day, what you can actually do in, in business and especially in social entrepreneurship, you can like literally what you buy and who you employ has a direct effect on how communities work and who earns the money and who money is in, in the world we live in also always power, right? If if the money goes in, especially in development, right? If the money goes to the women, there's so many studies that show that the entire community is better off. There's more money being spent on education. The next generation is going better places. So I think from that perspective, I always thought the practicality was really interesting. And then I think that paired with my experience then working again, like at the United Nations, right? In a bit more political environment. And they're really looking at, supply chains across the board and looking at resilient supply chains. I think that was really, really cool because before it was always like one social enterprise, right? And then in some industries such as the fashion industry, you also have really, really long supply chains, right? In the worst, in the worst cases, we try not to have long supply chains, but more on that later. But I think especially in, in those industries that have long supply chains, you can, you really touch a lot of people and I mean there's really bad industries out there right like I think we mentioned this in the last episode also briefly like oil and um, fishing and whatever and agriculture and stuff like that right that pollute a lot but fashion I think is one of the most polluting and the one with so many hands actually touching one product and I think that's a huge I don't know maybe like very personal little quest that I think it's really, really fascinating what you can actually do and who you can work with and who you give the money to and who you employ in your supply chains that actually can immediately have a really, really deep impact on how things work. So I think, yeah, that's, that's also the big why, right? Just figuring out how we can have somewhat of a positive impact and what business can actually do, what, how much also a bit pushing and how much can we as sanguine as us to starting this right obviously now nowadays we're a couple more people but what can we kind of do and, and achieve in a limited amount of time yeah i would say that's the why that's a long explanation <laughs> i feel like you're the right person for the job i mean right <laughs> listening to that i couldn't imagine anyone else um no that's but yeah. that's true but how do you okay how do you I mean we started this right and being a small business and having you know wanting to adhere to all of these things and really be making sure every single detail fits and I remember you know like 
we we really looked for every detail right the buttons even the threads at some point right it was really every little detail that we wanted to make sure that it did come or it does come from from in terms of material now um, from a sustainable background same with the people that we work with and stuff like that especially from the beginning um, how was that like looking back at it how do you view it and like how do you um, see that we made progress over the past year one and a half years or so and how do you see it moving forward now um, I think sadly yeah it's a bit sadly in this I think we made some progress and maybe I'll cover the negatives first before I cover the positives. But sadly, I think most of it, or especially the beginnings, right? Where we like, I mean, at the beginning, we literally also worked like a couple hours a week and just tried to figure out how does fashion even work and who does what and how do you set up a supply chain and stuff. But I think it comes with a humongous reality check, right? I mean, we just talked about all our ideals and what all we wanted to do and how we want to figure out what business can do. And then you're literally a tiny fish in the pond, right? And you don't go into an industry having the biggest buying power, right? We you know, like nobody starts with the buying power of an H&M or whatever, right? If they say something, they have quite a demand in their supply chains, right? We work with people where we, in the beginning, we were begging for them to take us, right? Because we wanted low MOQs and we wanted somehow realistic pricing. Well, even though we weren't that focused on the pricing in the beginning, but it was, it's, I think the first thing was, I think a big reality check that the industry, most of the industry does not work in terms of how we want to run things, right? And that makes it really hard in finding the right partners it's hard anyway in fashion because it's not a google search and you have all your contact partners and have all your manufacturers just laying out there right it's really building networks finding people talking to people building networks in different countries as well right trying to somehow build these supply chains up and i think in terms of that it's uh, yeah it's it's quite tough to find to find the right partners and to find the right materials and to especially to make it as a price point that's still interesting right and that's also something that's good for the masses a little bit right not masses not necessarily that we need to, uh, to do the masses at h and m and stuff but that it makes it i think our goal is also always to bring sustainability a little bit to everyone so that it's not um, so expensive that it's this luxury and premium good, right? It's a bit this education. Obviously, it's never going to be a 10 euro shirt, but hopefully at some point it's going to be 30, 40, 45 euros. So that there's also a bit this element that we make it normal again, that that's the price you should pay, right? Because if you think about it, there's probably a couple, couple companies, there's at least like 15 hands or something that touch the product right before you. So there should be somewhat of a realistic price. And um, yeah, I think all those, all those things were, I think the first, I, like there's so many more learnings, I think, but I think that reality check and kind of seeing what's even realistic and where to start um, and kind of compensating that ideal and those big dreams we have and still to this day work on, right? To know that that's not necessarily gonna be as easy as we thought it would be. But maybe you That's could share, like, how did we start? What was kind of the first, our first collection, right? Like our, our suits, um, what did we do? How much love did we put in? And what's, 
what's everything made of and stuff like that. Yes. So I remember um, with our first vision for it all, right? We went out there very uh, motivated to find the right materials and we're like, how difficult could it be? Um, but then turns out, um, as you said, right, you don't, it's not a Google search and there's not a list, a complete list out there where it's like, yeah, these are the perfect people to supply you with um, all the elements of um the sustainable perfect fabric for example right that we wanted and then there's always all these elements and especially for us we mentioned it during our last um, episode since we didn't really come with the fashion background um, some of the elements especially for fabrics was quite new and we had to learn it all simple things like being wrinkle free and then at the same time being super natural fibers and stuff like that it just doesn't from the physics and <laughs> chemistry that like goes into everything it just doesn't exist that way right so we had to learn that if we wanted to have natural fibers 100% of them that we may need to compromise on a different end and really deciding on this right and then having the product vision having then the sustainability vision we really had to also adjust our views uh, a little bit to really see okay then we need to make it work that you know have that product that has maybe a little bit of a different um, look and touch to it at the end of the day because it is not going to be a polyester um, uh, like pants uh, that you just can do anything with um, but yeah so we really went for the breathability for the amazing feel soft touches to the fabrics because that is what natural fibers come with which is amazing and um, for the first suits we found these um, great partners that we to this day um, work with a little bit which is on tensile so it's lyocell fibers which is comes from yeah also essentially a great and amazing supply chain and um, we opted for for this because it, it made our suits look amazing and feel great and it was great as you mentioned also earlier in terms of MOQ so that's minimum order quantities um, that are usually quite large in the in the industry right and um, so we were very lucky to find someone that we can work with on small quantities that are still delivered quite fast and in stock and these were all things that we didn't really think of in the beginning that you may need to produce your own fabrics if you want something in particular and then it's like a sudden, all, of, all of a sudden you're faced with huge amounts um, that you're not even sure you're going to use. That was a quite interesting first scavenger hunt. Same thing goes for the buttons, um, which was <laughs> very interesting. There's not that many button manufacturers that have an online presence, right? So we went to these fairs, remember that, in, in Munich. We went to these huge fairs. I remember the first one was, I think it was September, there was another one in in February and from between the two even we could really feel that suddenly there was a, like this shift and there was an entire hall just for um, these like let's let's call them maybe more focused um, sustainability focused um, suppliers and uh, and offers that you could you know work with which was also quite interesting to see and very exciting for us to see I think that there was really an increase in demand and also people started to work with us, even though we had those low, low order quantities. 
And um, that was very nice to see this sort of shift, I would say. And also with the production partners that we found, right? Like we provided them with everything. And then um, there were, I remember there were some where we said, okay, we were not going to partner with them because of this, this or that. So it's even more amazing than once we found uh, the ones that we currently produced with, uh, where it just all kind of fit, right? And then at the end of the day, then it came to the pricing, uh, which is then the third element to it all, because, uh, you know, we had the, the product vision, we had the sustainability vision, obviously we also have a pricing vision. And um, then we had to adjust for that a little bit too, uh, which is also why we said, okay, for our first products, we need, um, to you know, make it work for a certain price point. We really want to make it work for our customers as well. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a dynamic that suddenly becomes, it seems so simple in theory, but I think in reality, it's a lot more complex. And then um, at the end of the day, uh, being able to transport everything that goes into that product and transport that to our customers becomes then the last challenge in it all so yeah very exciting a lot to do <laughs> sprinkle a little bit of a pandemic onto those supply chains and then it becomes even more interesting in trying to make it all happen <laughs> it all work <laughs> so how's that going for you Svenja right now <laughs> great no it's actually I think that's also important right to share like it's it's we like obviously things are looking up in Europe with people being vaccinated and stuff, but I think that's also a very important learning for everyone, right? Like the world is not done until the last person is done kind of in the last country is done. And we are feeling it a lot in our supply chains, right? Like obviously we started to work with amazing programs in India also like training women and working with amazing, amazing fabric suppliers and making fabrics in India and sewing them and stuff like that and obviously India is completely shut down at the moment um Turkey is having its troubles right Eastern Europe to some degree sometimes there's on and off so it's um COVID is a real thing and it's still affecting a lot of people even though luckily it's looking up a little bit here but I think that's also why it's so important right to have those good partners and also know that these things are happening and for example with India right I know that like almost the entire fashion industry is leaving India because the giants right like if you have your huge esprit or as Oliver I don't want to single any brand out but H&M and they obviously just move right they have their manufacturers and they just go somewhere else and obviously we also are building resilient supply chains right that's why we need to also be realistic and build a couple of different supply chains just to mitigate risks and mitigate what's happening. But we also still believe in still supporting those programs, right? And still working with partners in India and just being a little more realistic on those production timelines and making sure we put those products onto those supply chains that we don't need immediately in summer, right? Where we say, I mean, we, we're planning a big launch this summer, right? Like starting, we're kind of ramping up for August, September, that especially September that we are having a way bigger product portfolio, right? So this whole like gearing up is in place right now. We're on, we're going on all forces, right? But then it's important. I, I believe it's important to not just also abandon those countries then that have these troubles, right? And all these amazing programs that they have 
but still stay there and make sure that even if they have a lower capacity, even if they need to delay by months, that you are not just gone, right? That they still have um, buyers and that people are still working with them also afterwards because it's really not in their power. It's also not going to support anyone with their economic development if everyone's already or all of a sudden gone, right? Yeah, so a lot of COVID COVID implications, but it's it's real how supply chains are affected by COVID. And it's also going to stay a while. Yeah. So, and especially for us, right, since we're, I mean, I feel like there's always two sides, especially <laughs> was similar to last year, when we're kind of more or less lucky that we started and launched at a time when we did, where we were not as far yet, um, in comparison, maybe to other other companies, and it's similar now, right, like, given on the one hand that we're quite small, I think um, it's um, sort of, sometimes it's sort of tricky because we have to delay maybe certain launches because the supply chain is just the way it is right now. Um, on the other hand, you know, um, it is delayed at the end of the day. So um, yeah, so we always have to look at it maybe with a smiling and a crying eye, I guess. Yeah being positive about it <laughs> yeah, but you're also like gonna maybe that's also for future reference right and um, the the love we put in our supply chain and kind of what we work with like for example yesterday i was talking about with like this amazing program in india as well they're working with trafficked women and supporting them in like a three-year training program for example and obviously they still they have some production facility or not some they have quite decent production facilities and um, they're obviously trying to finance all their training programs only through that and not just donations anymore and those things right which is really really like those are the ideal kind of I would say stories right if because we want to have this really cool brand that is there for empowered women right and in my ideal world the same empowered like the women are just as empowered right and making a difference for other women by purchasing something from sanguine right you're empowering yourself because you're hopefully showing up to the workplace and your career or the after drinks whatever it may be in what you feel confident in right but hopefully we can also on the way to making those garments make some other women feel confident as well because they get a get education they get a good and they're part of a good program, they get rescued or whatever it may be, right? Get a decent living wage. So that's exactly full circle moment that we're hoping to achieve um, with Sanguine. But I think that's also like in terms of now we talked a lot about the social aspects, right? It's also the environmental um, aspects and everything that you need to look at in terms of fabrics and how they're I mean there's we could do five episodes on this right you can literally talk for half an hour also just on dyeing processes and the chemicals used in water and how much for the fabric it literally starts even with the harvesting right if you use if you use organic uh, or if you use uh, cellulose natural uh, fabrics right it even starts with the harvesting and who does that then it's going into the yarns the yarns go into fabrics the fabrics are being made they're being washed in order to make them use electricity use water right so seeing that they're also for example our producers we have wonderful our suits nowadays they use uh, they recycle I think 98% of all the water they have uh, solar and winds in order to power their production plants right all those little things and there's literally I mean all the different steps in the supply chains 
that there are and you have to check with everyone or at least encourage everyone um, to make it that a little better, right? I remember in the beginning of our of our suit fabrics, for example, they didn't do that. And nowadays they moved to this like 100% um, solar and wind powered uh, production facility, which is really, really cool to also there see a bit the progress, right? And everyone kind of being on the same page and working towards those things or working on a really minimal, minimal chemical use. We have a, another fabric coming up in in another product in a, in a future production round that's a bit on hold right now because of COVID. But for example, those usually like it, we're using cupro, which is a quite a fine um, natural material, right? It's sometimes a bit synthetic, depends on how you produce it. But for example, our production partners there, they're very, very conscious on how they produce and what they use and for example there in that case which is very irrational maybe to some people we chose to source it from japan actually because it was it's really like the amount of or the fewer chemicals that they even use in making it is worth the logistics right and just making sure that we also support those even if it's not on that like single item maybe co2 wise makes sense right but you support technologies that make sure people work towards other um, ways of making fabrics right with way less chemicals and with way less water use and supporting those people in the supply chains that focus on those things so there's i mean yeah there's from a to z you can literally touch so, so many things right and so many people are making everything and zippers and you can literally threats you can <laughs> right labels that you make sure the labels are made out of organic cotton and also don't use too many chemicals right because it's not as easy as for example H&M makes it right and they buy a decent like not even decent I'm not going to say they buy decent they really don't but buy an organic cotton and call it a day even though cotton for example is the like uses the most water in the world like cotton is one of the worst worst depends a bit obviously there's if you use like good amounts of uh, polyester and stuff that's also not great <laughs> depends on how they're done but cotton is also really really bad right so just this notion of oh yeah we're h&m we're purchasing humongous quantities of organic cotton that we kind of labeled ourselves and decided ourselves that that was decent the rest of the supply chain is complete shit we're having children work in bangladesh right and then um, call it sustainable is, is not really the answer i think it's it needs to be a little more holistic on every piece because it's not just one main fabric and how that's sourced and that that's just organic or that's just recycled right it's really about the whole holistic approach to everything that was a long rampage sorry <laughs> the passion comes through <laughs> no but i feel like from this conversation alone you can really see we do put a lot of efforts into it into everything that we did and especially from the beginning and going forward right like that we do want to improve in every everything that we do it's not it's worth noting that like we're not 100% perfect obviously but we really try to 
to make everything better from piece to piece from you know the people that we work with starting there from the materials that we use from the logistics that we use from the packaging that we use um, up until you know the recycling or the you know take back schemes that we use and want to really be part of this um, circularity at the end of the day that we can um, want or that we want to see uh, moving the industry forward to. Maybe um, some of the of the later notes now. Huh? Real quick, I think it's super super important to say like this. We're not hundred percent there yet, right? I think it's so so important because nobody is, and I think that's yeah. So it's crazy how much education and theory it would take, right? It also, I mean, I literally even studied this and there's still so much to learn on like every single fabric, every single chemical and what's really the worst, what's not as bad, right? Bottom line is we produce something and every sustainable brand and especially every fashion brand produces something, right? So there's going to be CO2 involved. You, you are making something, right? It's not like you're making that out of love and thin air. Obviously that takes energy and that takes water and that takes uh, logistics and whatever you say um, but I think that's so like so important that this 100% sustainable or that that doesn't exist even with the most amazing sustainable brands right and there's really some that do a great and amazing job and um, then sometimes you get I think it's so interesting right because sometimes you get this feedback of yeah but then they did like this right or I heard from someone else then like it came into in a plastic packaging, right? And it was even like recycled plastic that it was wrapped in. But it's just this notion that then it's the expectation that it must be 100%, right? And emission negative and all that stuff. And it's really at this, like fashion is so far away from it, but it's so important to invest in the people that try to do better. And I think that's really the bottom line and trying to really figure out who is trying, right? And I think the people that really tell stories and where you can see like the passion behind it a little bit, there you can like, at least you kind of know that they're really, really gonna try, right? To make every little step better. Sorry, that was a little, because yeah. I think it's really important this expectation of 100% sustainable, right? Or 100% perfect and amazing. And then the world is amazing if, if there's a good raw material, right? That's sadly not how it goes. No, that's so true. But and I do think, though, that this like starting this conversation, having this conversation and we as we do now or as some uh, of the brands that we are close to right now, right, um, do it really does change the perception even for us. Remember, like we go into maybe a fast fashion store and then we look at the prices and we're like, how like this is not even like remotely possible. So it's very interesting how suddenly your perception changes and that's what we, you know, hope to give to anyone who also listens today or that we engage with that it's really about this consciousness and suddenly what does it actually mean? And I feel like what we just talked about, it really shows the complexity of it all. And it's not solved by slapping a green leaf on an ad and, and, and in the green font that says organic, at the end of the day, it's a lot more complex. And um, I love, you know, seeing that there's quite a few brands out there now doing exactly that and really drawing attention to this problem. Um, and yeah, ultimately also being part of it, right? Like trying to really change something. So it's very rewarding, let's say. 
Yeah, and there's so many aspects to it as well, right? That you might not even think about because it's it's really like clustered into everyone's mind that it's this raw material thing and the environmental print of this one like main fabric of the garment, right? Which is also not the answer, right? There's also afterwards, right? It's the returns, like it's, which is actually like a huge part of sustainability is how the logistics afterwards, because logistics are actually like a huge part of the CO2 emissions or the largest part by far also of like almost all of Western people, our CO2 footprints, right? The largest part is logistics and what we consume and how we send it and all those things. So I think also there like for us to try and hopefully find solutions and making those things better. So I think it's really, there's so much to be done in this entire industry and how things go and um, how linear things are and, and those things, right? So it's really interesting. There's so many pieces also at so many other parts of, of the product life cycle that can be improved. And hopefully we'll get to all our little projects and um, work on them. <laughs> we will. You just mentioned where we go. So where do you, where do you see ourselves going? Where do we see ourselves going? Obviously, like just in terms of sustainability, right? I think um, some of the goals that we, I, I personally um, think in, in fact, like for, I mean, I don't know if this is clear after this conversation, right? But for us, there's so many non-negotiables from the get-go, like certain fabrics, certain use of polyester, certain use of cotton, even though there's also some goods. So it's really not this one solution fits all, right? It's one size fits all. It's really like some cotton is maybe also okay and stuff like that. So it's really, and those are non-negotiables that we do anyways, right? Good main materials, good second materials, good trimmings, good manufacturers that also focus on employing fair and uh, pay a living wage. Those are kind of the non-negotiables. So apart from building those supply chains, because we're still in that process, right? We're still small. We're still like our first tiny pilot collection is not um, the end. So we're really hopefully 2021 towards the second half. Um, you can hopefully see a little more of what we're building and how, where we're trying to go with our products. I think apart from the non-negotiables and just the general setup, I think I personally would love for us to be zero emissions. What I mentioned before, right? That I mean, obviously you can't, we're still manufacturing to some degree, we're always going to manufacture, but that we have certain offset programs. I'd love to make sure that we, at some point when we're older, obviously like it also makes sense when people had their products for a while that we have these take back schemes that we talked about where we also already started a little bit, but nobody's giving back our clothes yet luckily hopefully everyone's happy with them but after one year uh, I think you're not not done wearing them yet but that those like circularity moments are achieved and yeah the the zero emissions I think for me is a huge one the social aspect I would love to really um, have like three four main um, really big NGOs that we work with and can really help empower especially in developing countries would love to also to some degree work a little closer in our supply chains even closer right that you maybe even own a little more of it and uh, get to control more and more parts of it so i think that's the apart from the non-negotiables and the um the stuff that we do anyways on a daily basis for each garment i think that's the that's some of the goals overall that we are trying to achieve and it's gonna take a while and uh, we need a lot of support and we need a lot of 
people believing in us and those things so you can get there right because as mentioned you, we can't be this small because then you can't make those impacts and you can't uh, so it's really the the crucial part is also scaling and being bigger and touching more customers and all those things in order to be able to realize these and have these impacts yeah i was just about to say i really can't wait you know to show everyone that it is possible to start out as a sustainable business with a sustainable business model right to really start out like that and grow like that because that is going to be the future and it's already so great i mean sometimes we say you know like we we launched and it was COVID, so now i feel like we're resilient <laughs> and anything can happen let's see but um no it's really um that's the goal right and we're gonna make it work and we're so happy to already have such a great um community of people that support us and it's gonna go just uphill from here yes and if anyone has like i obviously i love to talk about sustainability so we're <laughs> always very happy about people that want to ask us things or if, even when I'm not asked, I even I just wrote an email to a customer today and I just gave her a little more nuggets of sustainability in that email. So I'm always happy to like have a chat or we even like the other day, the other day, it's a couple months ago, we were at panels in the Stockholm School of Economics, for example, talking about sustainability. So those things are really fun. And if anyone's looking for a conversation, we're always, we're always up for it and would love to learn if you have something to share or tell you more about what we do and how we approach it. Absolutely. Yes, reach out to us anywhere you find us on sanguine.com or write us a message on at sanguine on Instagram. And we'd love for you to reach out to us also via email. That's office at sanguine.com. Write your questions, your any anything that you listen to today and have any questions about it or comments about it we always love to hear from you and um, yeah cannot wait to uh, have you part of this journey thanks for being part of the journey actually so yeah thank you and speak to you next time speak to you soon bye